as far as energy goes and parts and materials and contracted services, we normally like to build this pie chart for e each of our clients so, so they can have a good understanding of where they're spending their owning and operating cost. Um, so that's the financial analysis. I don't have any costs at this point mm -hmm. uh, other than what we're showing you. But if we wanted to talk about moving forward and filling that out, that's what we'd like to help okay. uh, fill out. And that one really is important just in the end, in the co-authoring piece, because um, a big piece of this is risk mm -hmm. and um, opportunity cost. And uh, so just okay. you know. So some of the objectives we talked about last time, reducing the owner, owning and operating costs, whether it's through electricity or, or through uh, major repairs that you guys are having, equipment longevity, trying to figure out what that average life is. I found that, and that was the, uh, the 10 years. Discuss uh, the level of risk, uh, risk that you guys are willing to take. Uh, comfort in the office, because a lot of the office is the, is the space that's being cooled. Yeah. Um, uptime and reliability, and then uh, providing you guys with a, an approach that would uh, address not having these major repairs when things go down. So, and lastly, I'm, I'm here to help. When we first got into it, this is the first piece of equipment that we walked up to, mm -hmm. and we noticed that uh, where the red circles are, those wires were unhooked, and our a technician said, oh, you've got a compressor already out. Um, this is directly over that cold storage zone, the 25,000 square foot area. That compressor is not working right now, and when we were up there, it was like these use these units don't cut off at all um, because they're that door's having some issues and they're mm -hmm. they keep the door open so I don't think that they ever cut off mm -hmm. so they're wide open running uh, that's a several thousand dollar expense there and once that other one once the other compressor goes out um, that unit's pretty much just blowing out mm -hmm. lukewarm air yeah uh, we uh, pulled the filters out the coils look like they hadn't been cleaned in a while. Uh, this was up inside of that unit. Just lots of black mm -hmm. dirt build up. The, the uh, I was making some squeaking noise. Lots of vibration mm -hmm. in the bottom. It, this little uh, pulley needs to be replaced. We uh, He pulled on it. Vibrating. Normally it shouldn't be vibrating like that. So this is the drain pan. A lot of standing water in there, but really just build up over time. That normally once a quarter when we're doing our PMs, we like to clean out that drain line, uh, drain pan, so it doesn't just build up and create a muck, you know, layer of film. Mm -hmm. Then went to unit two. Uh, we had some wires that were rubbing on uh, one of the Freon refrigerant lines. Our guy took his electrical tape and taped it up, so that's fixed, but that would have rubbed out and uh, caused the problem in the line, it shorted it out and shut it down temporarily until they figured out what the problem was. Uh, this was up in the top left-hand corner of the unit, just a black growth. Mm -hmm. uh, the coils there looked like they hadn't been cleaned in a while. The fan, pretty good bit of a build up on the blades of the fan. 
And why is this important? It's causing that fan to work overtime to, to spin it. more shots at different angles of the coil there. And I'm trying to go quick through these. No, yeah. So feel free to no, you know, no, slow no, me down no, or no, say, no. all right, next. <laughs> um, just build up there that's been building up over probably 10 years. Mm -hmm. This one had a lot of stagnant water underneath it too that was just growth is happening in there. Uh, doesn't look like it was washed out when the coals were clean, if they were clean. Mm -hmm. In the corner there, growth, that's an electrical wire on the left that just had all kinds of growth built up over time. And so all the air is blowing over this, this stuff. This is what we call the economizer. Uh, when it's fall and spring, the economizer saves you money because it, blow, it pulls air from outside when it's cool mm -hmm. instead of having to just uh, create cold air it's using what you got it, it looks fine there but when we zoomed in yeah the valleys are really caked um, so it's not really flowing like it's supposed to that's a washable filter and normally we take those out and wash them really well before we stick them back in there but the airflow is not happening which means it's just working overtime inside of that one it was really caked with some black growth we can't say the four letter word yeah <laughs> but Bacterial growth, fungal growth. Yep. Uh, the standing water again. The white spots there, that's, that's not good. Mm -hmm. uh, it, when I worked at, at WP Raw for five years, I was in food safety. And, yeah. And they would call this, you know, Listeria hot spot, mm -hmm. <laughs> E. coli hot spot. And I know you guys don't have open kale that you're, you know, yeah. processing, but. Still, all, all the air is blowing over this. It's blowing over the boxes and things. Yeah. Um, right behind the filter, so the filters are a filter in the air, and normally trying to catch things before they get to the filter or through the coils. Some growth there on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that hadn't been cleaned in a little while. So when the air is being sucked up from that right photo, uh, it's supposed to go through the filters. This little spot right here is zoomed in. Mm -hmm. uh, but we tried to this is up on the top right hand side of the, of the coils. Going to unit four here. So this is inside of the drain pan. Mm -hmm. When the water stands like that, it's, it, it's, it's causing all kinds of little growth there in the bottom. This is up on the top of the, the inside top view. And the reason why that water was standing like that is because that, this is the, the, uh, the P-trap. It was supposed to go up under here. It was just sitting there. It wasn't connected. And we tried to pull it out and dump it out to see if it was clean. It was just not fastened. Mm -hmm. um, Rod told us just put it back up under there, but uh, that's why the water is standing because it, it it's not flowing out of there like it should. Uh, I, I couldn't get a good shot of the coals from the outside, but that's the outside. Didn't look like they were really clean. This is the economizer I was talking about on, on this unit. It, it's It's got a 
crack here, so air is going to go through that instead of go through the, the washable filter. Um, it probably just needs to be replaced. It's a nominal cost there, but that helps keep those coils clean. Uh, this had come apart, just needs to be fastened back together. Standing blackness in the bottom of the drain pan again. This is unit four. This is on the wall. Uh, this is on the ceiling, and number four also had a, a, a pretty bad fan blade that just needs to be clean. So I, I've, this is an important picture to me because it shows that they were just yep. put, you know putting random filters in there, and it, it they are changing filters. It also shows that they're changing filters, but they're not. They are changing filters. So they're seeing everything, but they're not addressing anything else. Right. There's no question filters are being changed. Yeah. They all look, you know, decent. Um, I, I would, our filters are, are what we call these pleated filters. Um, they're Merv 8, which is a, a higher a thickness. And I, I put the picture of our, uh, your yeah. filter there just to see the difference. But there's definitely a difference in the quality of filter. We like to call these brick catchers because yeah. they'll catch everything except the brick though. Or they'll miss everything but catch, uh, catch the brick, you know. Yeah. And then that was some white spots along the, mm -hmm. where they're pushing the filters in. Uh, it was loose, causing some vibration. Mm -hmm. Number six, uh, there was some white part of, right above the coils that if they were cleaning the coils, we just need to wipe that down. This one was making a lots of vibration so normally we laser line the a belt top and make sure that they're tightened uh, correctly that all plays into the efficiency piece of it make sure that they're running efi efficiently and not causing excessive wear or energy use so this is probably the worst photo um, on the refrigerant lines just this massive growth here yeah that our guy was like, make sure you get a photo of that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is like a spare belt that was just sitting in there. Uh, I don't know if they took it off from last time they left it or it was just ready for next time, but uh, you could tell that the it was really loose. Uh, squeezing it together, you can just see the slack in the light or slack in the, pul the pulleys in the belt there. So this is the fan blade, just really atrocious mm -hmm. uh, that would normally require us to just take it out clean it real well get it back in service but the fans having to use all this excess energy to, to speed that up and, mm -hmm. and and run it and all the clean air expensive air as we call it this refrigerated yeah. is having to blow over those blades the one unit seven not as bad but still that's part of the cleaning the PM. Unit 8 was brand new. That was a yeah. brand new unit you guys had a, a replaced. Nothing to look at there. 9 looked pretty good, except mm -hmm. the coils weren't being cleaned there in the corners. Build up on the bottom. And you could tell it's just accumulating. Yeah. Uh, down here, when I got this shot, I tried to zoom in on it, but it's some kind of growth yeah. that, that's happening down there. Uh, normally with a little paintbrush, we clean the motors, 
there was some kind of growth here that had accumulated. On the quarterly PMs, we always look at the electrical and brush them out with a brush, make sure that they're not... Uh, I know when the guy did my house, there was a lizard behind the circuit board, and he said that'll you know, short circuit if you're not careful. Um, the fan blade was pretty tight, or, or the fan was pretty thick with stuff as well. A lot of this gets repetitive, so I'm no, not trying to no. repeat myself over and over again. But I'm also trying to show that it wasn't just like I took a bunch of pictures of one unit yeah. and, show, and showed you. The reason for going through this is that you can see that it's on multiple units. Yeah. Uh, the, the heaters, they said, uh, Ron said that you guys really don't use them at all, uh, maybe once or twice a year. Uh, so right here is where that economizer is. That's where it's pulling fresh air mm -hmm. from the outside and then pushes it down in there. Uh, normally there's a, a filter that looks like this. It's a washable filter. There, there was no filter. So what happens is it's going straight through to uh, the filters that are there. So if they're supposed to be changing those out quarterly, which I don't think that they should if it's not being used but once a year, <laughs> uh, right before the winter time, maybe change them out. But if that doesn't get put in, then it, these are having to work overtime trying to catch everything from it, you know, the outside air. Just warp. Uh, so obviously hadn't been used in a while. Yep. Going on it on the uh, server room. This is just a typical mini split. Yep. Not much to see there, but uh, you also had this a little PTAC system there that we don't service those. Uh, even Ron said we just replace it if something breaks on it. You know, it's not really worth having a service plan for that, but uh, we typically see those in hotel rooms and things like that. We don't normally get involved with that just because of the cost and it's not worth it. But we do take care of these, these nice uh, mini splits. They have filters and they need to be checked and maintained. Uh, this was right behind that server room. You can see it dripping. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with that is that this little hose had, had come out of the sump pump hole, and it wasn't a major deal, but there was water that was kind of pooling there. We were like, why is the water pooling? And then we yeah. saw that that was happening. S somehow it got kicked out or something. But So this is the unit outside that works the shipping office. Mm. Uh, we, just because of time... We didn't get up on the on the office and look at that air handler, but I'm imagining it, it's the same the same scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, so the auditorium, uh, Ron said that during COVID you guys shut the system down. It just didn't. It's not. We didn't necessarily shut it down. It just didn't come back on because. Gotcha. Usually we don't. It doesn't come on unless somebody's in there having meetings, and during COVID we weren't having big meetings, so. It basically went two years really without any use. So gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't like a money saving. Oh, it wasn't. No, no, no. It's just it. If it's no like one sensor. was in there for the next month, we would like they wouldn't go and turn it on. So because it's just yeah, you know, naturally it doesn't usually turn on unless somebody cuts the air down. So okay. Um. So he was talking about the, you guys were looking at a a, a dehumidifier mm -hmm. in that space like a up uh, in the ceiling. 
I'm not sure that's the answer. I, I don't think it needs anything really. Uh, I I don't know how much that's going to cost, but I think that the answer is just to keep the, the thermostat so it doesn't get higher than like five degrees of what you're trying to set it at. It's normally at 72, keep it at 77, but I wouldn't let it go up to 85, 90. Yeah. We hadn't had issues until it started get, like getting noticed more just this year when we got people back in there. And I think it was more from you know, not using it for a while. Okay. So, and then, you know, everything works together. Mm -hmm. And so um, the state of that piece of equipment, the cleanliness of that a, a piece of equipment can contribute as well. Yeah. Um, the efficiency to really dry out that air. And nobody understands our thermostats. They're, like, extremely, I have a, a guide, a handbook. A little handbook. When I read it, I still don't understand how to use them. They're, like, the most confusing smart thermostats in the world. Well, we, we, we can help with that. never figured them out. We could help with that. Well, that, it, I don't have much to say about this, except that it was going to cost, I think he said, $6,000 yeah, to replace the tiles. Yeah. You know, I changed all those tiles out. And sure, it, and we're going to have to do that. So. If it, it sounded the, the way he described it, like you know nobody was going to be in the room, so we didn't cut it on, <coughs> tried to save some money kind of thing, but it might be better just to keep it so that it does yeah. circulate instead of instead yeah. of putting that air handler in or... or um, Dehumidifier, I'm not sure that that's the answer um, because I think it's just a matter of circulation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we probably just need to replace the thermosets too because really, like, no one is going to figure it out. They're probably, what, 10 years old? Yeah, and they're smart thermosets, but they're not, like, they're not as easy as, like, you know, using a Nest system or something. Like, right. like picking up an iPhone and each right. child can do it. They're very complex. Sure. I cannot figure out the schedules at all. Really? Nope. Cannot figure out how to do them. Yeah. And I've spent hours at these thermostats trying to, with a book trying to figure them out. Can't figure them out. They're extremely confusing. Do you have offices that are having like hot hot offices or complaints about people no, yeah, too cold, too hot? No, everyone manually goes over and hits just, them. Yeah. Just hits it and plays with it until they... They usually turn them down if, they, if it feels like it's too hot and then it'll adjust. Like the one on this, for this executive sub will it'll cut back up to like 85 a cool setting really and probably now and then when it starts to get too hot later somebody will go over there and just turn it down to like 72 but we don't know big fluctuations how to change the schedule yeah so never figured it out interesting all right well um uh, so this is the financial pie that we talked mm -hmm. about we think that you're already spending the money we just don't know where it is exactly, um, but as far as a a recommendation, so I hate that it's cutting it off here. No, it's fine. Um, there are three programs that we normally uh, offer. the uh, The best solution is where I I talked about where if a compressor goes out, if a motor goes out, all the movable parts are covered under our our program. It's a full coverage program. Um, that's the $1,327 a month program. It, it covers all of the emergency calls. Um, so whether it's 10 trips to get it fixed or uh, one trip, it, it's all covered. Uh, the labor and, and replacement, the quarterly preventative maintenance, and the test and inspect labor. So we're out here every quarter changing filters, obviously. Uh, all of these include filter changes. That's, that's across the board. Um, the, the better program... 
does all the preventative maintenance and all the tests and inspect once a quarter of all the machines, but when something breaks, we'll bill you for it. If there's a, a compressor goes out, we'll just bill you at our normal uh, rate there. And then the good option is where we will test and inspect everything once a quarter, change the filters once a quarter. If it needs preventative maintenance, we'll recommend it and then bill you for it. Mm -hmm. And if it needs to be, uh, something that needs to be repaired, we'll bill you for it. Um, but as far as the preventative maintenance, getting those coils cleaned, once a, you know, once a quarter coming out here, making sure all the, all the equipment's working like it's supposed to, the better and the best cover that. It's just a matter of risk. Um, being that the system's 10 years old, on average, some are older than others, um, the average life expectancy is between 12 and 15 years of all these equipment, uh, pieces of equipment. And so the compressor's average life is like six to eight years. So you've already had some compressors go out um, with them being 10 years, things are starting to break, things are starting to, movable parts are starting to have issues. I was meeting with a, a person last week or the week before that had a system that was about three years old, and we only recommended the better program because they don't have a lot of things breaking right now. Yeah. They're three-year-old, you know, it's pretty much new. Mm -hmm. uh, their risk is sitting pretty good right now. When you get to be 10 years old, 15 years old, yeah. things are going to start popping up, and that's where those expenses come in. Any questions before I go to this no. next one here? So a lot of times what we find is when we put our proactive solution here, say the 15000 and we look at the energy spend, for example, um, we know that by cleaning those coils properly and getting those fan blades cleaned off, we can based on the dirtiness and uh, the, the level that they need to be cleaned, you could probably save 20, 30% of your energy spend that is having to, spend, having to be used on that. So we could put in there, if we had the power bills, we could put what that number is. It might be $5,000. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, With the power bills, how do you determine what's, like, what is the HVAC? We look at, at other warehouses and uh, distribution facilities that are the same type of square footage. We'll put your square footage in. Yeah. We'll compare it against, uh, benchmark it against other uh, same type. That aren't temperature controlled. Right. And it, and it is um, a national database that okay. we use for comparison. Okay. Yeah. Right. And um, typically, you know, it's, it's usually somewhere between um, 30 and 50%. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just that's that's typical the range yeah. of what percentage of your energy spend comes from HVAC. Okay. Probably for you guys forty mm -hmm. or more. Yeah, that uh the three miles of conveyor belts, uh, he just said it takes up a lot of power. Yeah, that would be uh, a so, gotcha. gotcha. We'll take that into account. That little pie chart could be played with if it right if you feel like it needs yeah. to be um ours would be I mean, so a building like right there. Right would have a drastically different spend than ours because they don't have conveyor necessarily running through yeah. their whole building. Mm -hmm. So their energy spends are very different. Sure. But a lot of ours are tighter than that. So um, and, and we're not temperature controlled in the back. Right. So. And and on this, you know, again the whole point with energy is it, it is a range that we, we bring it into the picture because mm -hmm. ultimately what we're trying to do is just help offset some of the costs for yeah. um, the rest of it. 
Okay. And then the, as far as the major repairs, uh, normally we like to take an average of what you guys are spending on, on, on repairs for the last three years. Uh, there was a client that I was working with where you could see it was like $700 one year, $1,500 the next year, and he's up to $3,000 in the year not finished yet, you know. Yeah. So we could see a trend on uh, things starting to break and have major repairs. So okay. taking that trend into effect, uh, those all those major repairs would be zero mm. under that program. So with the say we cut 5000 on electricity and... 3,000 on major repairs, um, looking at Ron's time, Ron having to deal with this and uh, coordinate the, the people, that's worth something. Uh, invoices, having to pay invoices, all those little things we like to look at if it's something that that would help you guys. Uh, and that, that, that piece, that administrative piece, you know, yes, it is true, um, the difference between like just the PM only, proactive PM, and then the full coverage program, Yes, risk is in that, but also, um, you know, how much time whenever you, ha how much time does Ron have to deal with it whenever something mm -hmm. is down? He's got to stop and make a decision. Okay, yeah. um, RJ, I've got this down, you know, I'll just let you know we're going to have to spend this money. Yeah. Other people are involved and okay, we got to spend this money. Mm -hmm. So it's more than just, um, you know, so really is there, there's some time and time is money. Yeah. And so taking them away from. The, um, the conveyor the belts. Business, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The core business, which is conveyor belts, getting those packages out the door. You know, it's just saving them time because our guys are out here, oh, the compressor's bad, get on it. And yeah. there's, we're just automatically springing into motion. So not only is your system going to be up and running in yeah. a quicker time frame, you don't have any of the headaches of making a decision about what to do. Okay. I mean, the decision has to be made, yeah. but you don't have to get involved in yeah. it. And that's a lot of the, the piece. Um, and if I could just make a couple things, and I, I have a question for you. So, you know, I mentioned you guys have a lane. Your lane is wine, mm -hmm. wine and spirits. Mm -hmm. And our lane is uh, everybody's got a lane. Mm -hmm. Your current company, um, current contractor, they've got a lane too. And But our lane is high value. You know, clients that really need things working well, they, they um, um, and and there's benefit associated with it. So I know Matt's talked about uptime and reliability and equipment longevity. And that's so... And not everybody's the right fit. Not everybody's the <laughs> right fit, yeah. And uh, so, but our that's that's what our business model supports. So, you know, paying attention to the details, cleaning it up, you know, making sure that everything's aligned, it's going to save you energy. But most of all, it's going to make sure that those systems are... Everything, mechanical stuff fails. Mm -hmm. Much less less likelihood yeah. to fail if it's properly maintained and less, le less likely to have to replace prematurely because you know if that system was only 10 years old and you got a brand new unit up there mm -hmm. so you really should you know our goal is to help you get at least life expectancy and but what we see oftentimes is we get you know an average of five years more mm -hmm. you know some systems we've got in place where one of our most important customers we're helping them with some issues on a 30-year-old unit yeah. that we've kept up running for that yeah. long. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a value because, um, you know, instead of having to allocate money for equipment replacement, you can allocate money for more conveyor belts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think the ones in the liner have been replaced and mm -hmm. the temperature controlled. Mm -hmm. The new one should just be the new 
the offices that were just built. Okay. Yeah, the upstairs office or something. That it wasn't replaced. Didn't replace anything. It was an additional. Right. Um, but the ones in the temperature control room, I believe, we've replaced a lot. If I think we replaced just like a, some major repairs on those, but mm. yeah, that was I don't know. I don't know how many years ago now, but yeah. Do and a lot of that was I think due to that wine room door not functioning well, and they end up running way too much. Mm -hmm. So we've always had problems with that door. Um, do y'all own this building? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the, with the and the other pieces, just you know, kind of going back to the lane, and then I'll I'll quit talking about it. Um, um, there's there lots of different HVAC companies mm -hmm. in the area and not throwing anybody under the bus. Yeah. It just goes back to their lane and, mo and business model. Yeah. And um, so kind of what we see oftentimes is, you know, their PM program is really just filter changes yeah. and test and inspect. But really, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't even look like they're testing and inspecting because they're not reporting back issues to you yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. And at least with our test and inspect, if we're not cleaning anything, we're saying, hey, recommended that you do this, recommended that you do that, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, we are very thorough in that. Our mindset is, you know, again, keeping things up and running and helping you get extended life. Yeah. Our whole model is, the, is not to make the money on the replacements and when yeah, things yeah. go down, it's mm -hmm. that... You know, that's what we're doing with the Home Depot right right next door. We're there today, Nephron, uh, yeah. Right Dose, those guys. That, that's that's the model that works for, for them, just keep up and going. But Okay, yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Um, I'll, I'd like to look at this more, take some time, um, but I, I, I'm definitely interested and definitely a little annoyed with how it looks. So, um, that factor into my decision too. Well, it's, I'm always sensitive when the facility guy is in the meeting too, so it's almost nice that Ron wasn't here, but yeah, no. Ron was shocked, I guess, too, that... Yeah, because he's not going to spend a ton of time up there. He's not taking them out and no. you know, looking at things. I mean, he, he's assuming that your guys are doing it, yeah. that, that you're hiring, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, um, no. It, yeah. it kind of goes against their business model to spend a bunch of time on the PM. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. When they can make the money on the repair, you yeah, know. No, that yeah. might not make any money, so for me at least. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's a good lesson. So Yeah. Um but well, yeah, definitely that... I would like to, you know, look at this some more and um but I am interested. So yeah. what do you see as the next steps? Um I know you're gonna think about it, but yeah, I mean that's the next yeah. step for me. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I think about it and um but like I said, I am interested in, um, just got to figure out what's the right one, so. So, um, are you talking about figure out what's the right one, mm -hmm. one in terms of program or in terms yeah. of, um, part, part of show? Okay. Yeah. Um, because just a couple things from a time perspective, yeah. um, I don't know what your time frame is, but, you know, definitely, um, if I, you know, unsolicited advice, yeah. if I'm just recommending stuff. You know, before you spend any money on that uh, conference room, you know, we would strongly suggest that you clean what you yeah, have yeah. and kind of establish that mm -hmm. performance baseline. And then let's figure out what's going on. 
Let's yeah. see what kind of help we might be able to get you guys with the thermostats because that's yeah. probably contributing to it. Yeah. And then once we kind of have that under control, figure out what you need. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, um, poor Ron can, y'all sound like every other customer that we're dealing with. Everybody's uh, struggling uh, to do more with less people. Yeah. <laughs> and so Ron's got his plate full and yeah. then, then some. So let him focus on that. Let us focus on getting things kind of shored up. And then figure out. Maybe okay. then we can. We're in a better position to make some good recommendations for yeah. you guys. Yeah. You know that nine thousand uh, dollar dehumidifier. I'm pretty sure that that's the car. Is that the the auditorium yeah. right here? Well, that is unit two, and we saw those issues with unit two, mm -hmm. uh, as far as the the coils and the filters and the. Uh, so it it's probably just not putting out what it's supposed to put out because of its you know, airflow. Um, and and I, whenever, before I first got into the HVAC business, I didn't realize, but you know, HVAC is really just conditioning the air and we're not adding cold air to an area. We're removing heat and, mm -hmm. and water. Yeah. And so if that system isn't working properly, then it's not gonna remove the heat and water. Yeah that it's supposed to. So that very well, that's why I was saying, you know, let's clean it and get it kind of, um, you know, shored up. Yeah, I would definitely be looking to, to do that before I put yeah. brand new, you know, spend six grand on tiles in there. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Just to have it happen again. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so as far as time frame goes, um, you know, we typically, part of what we typically do is a financial assessment. We okay. didn't do it. Um, for you guys simply because you know sometimes people are kind of leery well what are they going to do with that, those numbers if we do you know if that cost justification is a significant part of your decision making you know we can absolutely positively work with you guys to get your bills and yeah. help you show you what you're spending that kind of thing or if it's not that important you know we're ready to move with this yeah. you know we we typically we can use benchmarks That's and funny. in fact we we do put them in sometimes when we think it's important but you know, Matt and I were talking about it. Matt said, you know, I just, I just don't think that that's, that's, you Well, know, I, just, I heard you loud and clear when you said, I don't care about energy. It's, yeah, it, it's well, not, I mean, we're making money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, I'm, I would, I'm not going to worry about like the spend as much as I am. Like what, you know, how does the equipment look and how, you know, it's yeah. going to stay running and everything. So, um, I'm not too worried about the financial, like, uh, justification here. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Good to know. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll you know, talk to Ron just get some of his thoughts on it too, and then um, and he had uh, he hadn't seen all these either, so yeah, but uh, he was up, yeah, yeah, so he saw how it looks and everything, so yeah, um, but yeah, I'm definitely interested, and in, he's a good guy. You got a good one. Yeah, yeah, Ron's great. He's an awesome. He was on a submarine, Christy. Yeah, he's a Navy guy. <laughs> Navy guy. Oh a, gosh, so he yeah, had not, just, not just Navy, but was, yeah, submarine's a whole different. Yeah. Whole different person. He was telling us some stories. That's Bill Loof. Did you yeah. know that Bill Loof is a submarine Navy guy? No. It's yeah. crazy how they are underwater for so long in, in a like, small area. Like, like a month? Is that? Yeah. yeah <laughs> no way I can so. do it. <laughs> but we had trouble finding a maintenance like manager for a while. It's not around here. You get a lot of handymen. Not as much like high quality what we need. And, uh, so we did some career fairs up in Virginia Beach for this heavy Navy. And that's what I looked for. Like my dad was Navy and I just know how their mind thinks. Like they, they learn how to fix pretty much everything. Mm, you have to, right. You're on a floating city. 
fix and, it uh, or die. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And when we sat down with Ron here after my um, distribution manager at the time was up there interviewing, we brought him down here, and one of the first things Ron told me is that like when they were on the sub, you know, you have to learn how to fix everything because you know if something goes wrong, it's like you you, you die. <laughs> you guys, you might die, you know. And I, uh, I told him that's great. I said, Ron, I would like for you to think like that when you, with the building. So yes, wrong, right. I'm gonna die. Yeah. So don't let anything go wrong. So oh, he talks about most of your orders go out at night, you know. So he, oh, yeah. he's on call some, yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Do. yeah. And we have night maintenance, so mm-hmm. but yeah, it's. I like the mind, the way that they think. So it's, you know, they end up being able to do a lot. Yeah. Very high mechanical aptitude, so. So, yeah. um, he came in here without any knowledge at all with of conveyor systems. Yeah. So and he's That's just cool. has a good mind for it. So yeah. yeah. So note to self. Yeah. When RJ decides to partner with us, we're gonna put <laughs> we're gonna yeah. put Bill Loof on as your account yeah. representative because uh, um so we with every account we have um one of our project guys mm. and because like dialing in and your controls and that kind of thing. He's the one that we pull to the table and if you've got yeah. any kind of, we, we'd have uh, Bill, you know, just take a look at the humidity issues that you've got in your conference mm-hmm. room before we, you know, before we bless a final yeah. recommendation, which we think is just cleaning it up uh-huh. and running it. Exactly. Um, but, um, but Bill is a submarine Navy okay. guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure he's, he's one of the greatest guys on my team. Yeah. He's 62, I think. But I told yeah. Bill, he's he's not planning on retiring anytime <laughs> soon. So he's, he's good. He's awesome, though. Yeah. He can fix They're anything. They're a different breed. They so are. They're really useful. So. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll definitely uh, I'm gonna get with him a little bit and then think about it. And then I can, I'll get back to you. I don't think it'll take me that long. I mean, I got a lot, bunch, bunch of stuff to do, get done this week right now. But um, I'm going to plan on getting back to you this week. So. End of the month, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's end of the month, and there's just a lot of crazy stuff anymore. So, and, and we like to start our, all of our our agreements start on the first of the month, just mm-hmm. for billing purposes. Yeah. So it's either October first, November first, mm-hmm. yeah. September first. Okay. But uh. And if you were, if this is something that you want to move urgently on yeah. and get it started, you know, we could um, backdate it if it's the first yeah. of next week before you make a decision. We could okay. backdate it and get you in on September. Yeah, it's sure. just it's um, only a couple days. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'll definitely be able to get back to you. Love to work week. with you guys. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Love to earn your uh, trust. Yeah. So. I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we're definitely interested. So cool. We will definitely be in touch. If I don't hear back from you this week, just yeah, just reach out to call me. You. Just, yeah, you just send me something, or um, you know, if you don't hear by Friday, but I think I think I'll get in touch with you before then. So. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate right. y'all. Appreciate your yeah, time. I'm excited. Nice no, I didn't yeah. realize quite the operation you guys had over here. Yeah. That's the fun part about uh, going out and meeting with new prospects and. A lot of people don't. Um, quite you know, we're not in the spotlight as much as a dis- distributor. Yeah. A lot of people know the brands that we deal with, and um, but don't know we do. So. Right. Would you like to carry that for you? Sure. So, how old are your kiddos? I've got a five and a half year old, and um, I have a one year old in a couple weeks. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, we. Uh, Congratulations! Kindergarten oh my and two in diapers. Yeah. So, so, two in diapers. Oh, did you say the one one year old? Oh yeah, just one one in diapers, <laughs> one in diapers. <laughs> for me. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, we have one in kindergarten now. So, okay. Yeah, she's been. What did she get in kindergarten? free for a while, midway elementary. Gotcha. So. No, I thought you meant. I thought you said that two weeks. Old. So you've had three kids? No, I have two kids, two daughters, uh, five and a half year old, um, and then yeah, one that turns one in a couple weeks. Okay. So, uh, okay. You said one in a couple weeks, and I thought you said one. Oh no. So, I, I have friends that yeah. you know have. Two under two, or had two under two. And right. My brother-in-law um, and his wife—they just had their thirds. So they have three under four right now. <laughs> I spread mine out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were like ready at you know once she was like you know, three or four years old. Yeah. And then we finally were like, all right, this is okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we've one that's really easy, and then another one's you know, getting there. So. The fun, fun, fun stage. So, all right. Yeah, awesome. appreciate that. You're good. Up. RJ, I appreciate your time. No, thank you all. Thanks for letting we'll me tag along. Sounds good. Back to you guys this week. Sounds great. All right, RJ, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Up. All right, thank you guys. Thanks a lot, RJ. Hey, hey, hey. thing with some people? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Who sold that one? Well, I did actually. <laughs> it was a, uh, uh, they came to us because, um, actually, we tried to get in there before, and we were a national contract. And that one is, uh, so that they wouldn't talk to us. And we're part of Ice Group. Ice Group. called HB Mechanical and they're out of Alabama and they've gained the trust HB Mechanical has gained the trust with a large number of Home Depot locations um, and so they're, they they got a call from the regional guy because they were having a lot of issues at this one and so they were trying to get HB Mechanical to come up here and take care of it well they don't have any people in our area so they looked into ice group to figure out who was an ice group location that could help them here. 
So we actually are a subcontractor to HP Mechanical out there. Gotcha. Cool. But that's one of those corporate things. You know, it's hard to break into that corporate mm -hmm. um, structure because it's got regional people, but um, they want multiple, they want you to be able to take care of all these different properties. Right. Well, the people, the companies that are really structured well to do national accounts are kind of, they're more of the test and inspect, you know, CBRE world, um, yep. you know, that, that level of maintenance and it's not what people like Home Depot need. Right. So, oh, Target Distribution Center, there's another beautiful one out there, similar to a guy out there is named Rick Chowdhury, you need to call on him now. But same, same, same thing as um, Home Depot, corporate directives, but Rick Chowdhury will buck the system. So, but you did a nice job. That was awesome. Any thoughts? Um, I have nothing to, to add or to take away from what you did. I think it was beautiful. What about you? What self-reflection? What 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 are your thoughts? Uh, at the end, I thought he seemed more positive than he's ever been. <laughs> um, well, he's very even keeled. Right. He's right. Mad. Which I tried to make it even keeled. I, I didn't try to be overly enthusiastic yep. Yep. or underplay. You know, over dramatic or under dramatic. I tried to yep. be as even as he was on that. By the way, I have no idea where I'm driving to, so you have to give me directions. I don't know. <laughs> Do we want to go? Do we want to go on to 